Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Take an inventory of the NFL stock market. Stone Lebanowitz hit the open. Who ready? I'm ready. Who ready? I'm ready. Who ready? I'm ready. Well, give me my dirt theme music, dude. Ken Lavica. Get a run in, make an early cocktail, put a gummy in half. Theo Dorsey. Very excited to have the opportunity to add him to the team. Stone Lebanowitz. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Are we going to have to take Dion out of the open? <laughs> I, I know we've threatened this before. I mean, that team stinks. You said Colorado it to, flat out stinks. You said it had to be another second half collapse. This one wasn't. This was just, you know, all together, just lose the game. No I don't promise. know. Like, Stone, where are we going with this? Uh, Colorado stinks. Dion, it's not cool anymore. And I'm not a fan. You can't do that with your alignment. You can't do that with your players. That was uncalled for. We'll get for. to that. We got a dog bleep Monday. Like, do we need to do we need to take Dion out of the open? They covered the spread. It doesn't mean anything. They're they're four and four. Good teams win, great teams they're cover. Bad. Should we take Dion Sanders out of our open? Are we diminishing ourselves having Deion Sanders in our show open? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. Should we take Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, out of our open? Because I'm sort of, I feel like he's making us look bad right now. It's not helpful, but here's the thing about Deion Sanders. All right, coming into the year, we didn't expect them to win the Pac-12. We didn't expect them to beat UCLA. Yeah, we didn't they, expect them to compete right, with USC. But this Open was made when they were above 500. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We rode the gravy train, and, and sometimes know. you have some setbacks. I, I think you have to be ten toes down with this. Let's wait until the end of the year. Then we can have an altogether vote on it. Like, okay, did he did he do us right? Are we proud to have Deion Sanders representing the Open of this show? All I know is that I'm about to swap out Coach Prime with Mike Norvell. Okay? Oh. I'm about to swipe out at Coach Prime with Mike Norvell in the open if Uh-oh. things continue this way, all right? Mike Norvell, infinitely less cool, much better coach. All right. But what does he have? What sayings does Mike Norvell have? Go Knowles. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, just, it's tough. I have no idea. It's tough. Uh, do you dabble in financials, Theo, oh, yeah. in stocks and day trading? Have you, have you ever dabbled in that? I was heavy, heavy in it when the um, pandemic was hitting strong. And then uh, as of late now, I'm just doing the regular stuff. Like I was day trading actually back then. Now it's just like the regular investment. Did you, did you make money? Did you, did you, you, you find a way to make income? And I'm not yeah. talking Bitcoin nonsense. I'm talking like I was like on the meme day stops. trading. I was on the like I, I made a lot of money off the GameStop and what was the other one? Oh, AMC. You, were the, you were you did that thing. I made a lot of money off those two. The rest of it, I only made marginal money, and that's when I kind of stopped. Like once they stopped being meme stops, once it wasn't fast money, I was like, I'm out on this, man. I uh, needed bread, and I just pulled all my money out. Stone strikes me as a guy you tried to dabble in day trading too. <laughs> no, definitely. Did. I don't have the bankroll for that. Too young, really haven't uh, saved up enough to be thrown around in the stock market. I do treat sports gambling though like my yeah, stock market. Right. <laughs> there are a lot of parallels. I'm about to say he says he doesn't have the bankroll for that yet. Uh, week after week, he's pouring money. It's, it's not. You don't have to have a lot of bread. It, it's my like bankroll. Hey, my bankroll's in sports gambling, so yeah. I can't double up and, can't and, double and up. play the stock market. It, can't do. Can't do the stock market and right. uh, and. and, and and uh, gambling and prize picks and that entire thing. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I understand. Um, I don't do any of that. I don't get it. I'm scared of it. Uh, I'm very cheap, as I've said. It's why I, I, I don't I don't gamble. It's why I play prize picks, daily fantasy, but I don't do anything else. I'm very cheap. I'm uh, very frugal, as they uh, as they say. Um, but I think at some point you need to, when you're in the certain is certain amount of time into an NFL season. You got to look at your portfolio a little bit. Mm. You got to you got to take inventory of your quote unquote financials that are doing well and those that are starting to falter and you're sort of second guessing, uh-oh, do I need to sell, sell, buy, sell, sell, buy? What do I do? Uh Stone, I think it's time to open up Ball Street. Not Wall Street, but Ball Street. And start taking inventory of whose stock is up and whose stock is down through eight weeks in the NFL. Oh, that right there sounds like money. 
That right there sounds like capitalism. I'm going to wash over you. Okay. Who's ringing the bell today? God, that's annoying. Do uh, we have a celebrity bell ringer? Uh, that's a great question, yeah. actually. Uh, who would be the celebrity bell ringer? Right now? Ah, in sports? Is it Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift is ringing the bell on Ball Street. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to hear the most improbable play I've seen in the NFL in forever. And it took place with mere seconds remaining yesterday at MetLife Stadium. Zach Wilson, much maligned, very bad at playing the quarterback position. But he gets a gift from Brian Dayball and the New York Giants. And in three plays, count him three plays yesterday, he's able to maneuver his team from his own, uh, his, his own 25-yard line in the field goal position in three plays to force overtime. And it culminated again in the most improbable of plays Zach Wilson finding a seam in the middle of the field with no timeouts and somehow and in some way in six seconds time getting everybody set to spike the football. Zach Wilson doing something overly competent, which I didn't think was possible, and it happened on CBS. Lawrence is in the backfield. Wilson escapes, throws on the run. He's got a man! First down! Jets have to hurry, though! Lazar! He spikes the ball with one second left to go with no timeouts. There's no way that that should ever be successful. There's no way that the Giants tackler should have gotten up and off of the receiver. There's no way that Zach Wilson should have had the wherewithal to tell the center, hey, just have the official tap the ball. Tap the ball. That's all you need. Tap the ball. Place it. Let's go. Everything was under control. Everything was composed. The ball gets spiked. The Jets kick a field goal. The Jets go to overtime. The Jets beat the Giants. And I think this is all a direct reflection. Again, this is a football team that is above 500. A football team that is inexplicably above 500 with Zach Wilson at quarterback. It's a direct reflection of Robert Sala. Mm. Robert Sala, and is he corny? Absolutely. Do I openly root for the Jets to lose? 100%, undoubtedly. But are the Jets playing competent enough football and treading water enough to be a contender? Yes. And I can't deny this any longer. Robert Sulla is, he might not be a great X's and O's guy. He might not be a great overseer of a franchise, but I think what he does is he has people that respect the hell out of him and want to play for him in an NFL locker room, and they play hard as hell for him. And that counts for something. Very few coaches would have the ability to have this Jets team look anything close to being capable of winning games on a week-to-week basis, and it's ugly, and it's hideous, and it's terrible football to watch, and it is aesthetically poor. It's vomit-inducing, but you know what? It brings damn results. Robert Sala, in my football financials, on my ball street, his stock, it's up. Robert Sala's stock is up. So to say Robert Sala's stock is up right now, I would have to be, you know, taking from that that you felt like before this his stock was down. At what point did you start losing confidence, losing faith in Robert Sala through this tenure, especially this well, year? Well, I said coming into this year, if this Aaron Rodgers led team did not make the playoffs, this dude's gone. Right. Gone. And I said he hadn't done anything as the head coach. He had done nothing to develop that quarterback. And that said, he still hasn't. But what he's done is he's completely ruled, retooled this team to believe. He could have lost this team after the Achilles injury. Not only did he rally the dudes that night and got a win against the vaunted Buffalo Bills, he then found himself in a hole again with Zach Wilson playing terribly. They sat one and three. And what are they now? Four and three, and if the playoffs started today, they'd be in. That is really good coaching. And and it's funny because for me, I just didn't I I didn't have that same volatile feel for what Robert Sala was doing. For me, I felt like he always had a good control with that team. Even last year when they were going through rough patches and he was talking to the media, talking about he's keeping receipts. 
he got them to bounce back and they looked like a really good football team. That's the reason why Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets, we believe that they would be a playoff team and maybe even a Super Bowl contender. Obviously, it's not working out that way right now, but they're 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 a good football team in a large part due to what Robert Sala's done with them and that defense. And it's not his job to develop the quarterback or the quarterback room. Well, He's the defensive-minded it guy. Is he, it is on him, though, to put people in that building that can develop that quarterback. Yeah, because he was very in on that decision to go get Zach yeah. Wilson. So <laughs> he does bear responsibility. What I'll say is, again, I don't think that he is some sort of incredible potential Super Bowl-winning head coach. Like, I just, I don't. That said, this is a guy who can be a coach for many years in the league, a head coach, even if it's not with the Jets, because I think he understands the dynamics of a locker room. It would be easy for the Jets' defense to be sniping at the Jets' offense. It would be easy for there to be a lack of belief in that building that, oh, we lost our big gun. We're done, man. Like, this sucks. Um, Infighting, things that take place in a lot of... yeah. They started to. Brees Hall's tweet, the four carries tweet, where he put four footballs out there, Um, I think... Was it Sauce Gardner that Sauce said Gardner who I'll, deleted his, his entire social media after yeah. he said something? It got rocky. But Robert Sola has shut that bleep down. He has shut that bleep down, and they have found a way to accept this is how it's going to be, and they win football games. Robert Sola's stock, to me, is up. What about your Ball Street? Let's visit your portfolio yeah. uh, here, Theo. Who's, whose stock is up? Who are you buying more of right now? Uh, a couple weeks ago, there were two receivers in the spotlight that were being called out for underperforming who were supposed to be wide receiver one types, right? Both of them called out in the national media, one by Steve Smith very famously, but C.D. Lamb as well. And for me, my stock is really, really high up on C.D. Lamb, particularly Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, that Cowboys offense that got so overly ridiculed. When they laid out a stinker after a stinker, the defense was carrying that team. The special teams was, was scoring more Lost than the offense Lost Arizona. That time. Got blown out by the Niners. Yeah, and at that point, everybody was out on the Cowboys. Oh, they're pretenders. Trayvon Diggs not being there messes everything up. Dak Prescott. All the memes that were coming out about Dak Prescott were crazy. I mean, we had was, – was it – um it was the 49ers guy, the, the uh, Dante Whitner, mm-hmm. who straight oh, up yeah. on TV on the sideline said Dak he's, Prescott is trash. He's trash. And now we look at what the Cowboys offense has been and the way that Dak Prescott has been finding a guy like C.D. Lamb who who went for, what, 12 catches, 158 yards, and two touchdowns um, against the Rams. The Cowboys beat them 43-20. to 20. Dak Prescott, four touchdown passes. Mike McCarthy on the sideline actually calling a competent game plan and being able to oust a guy like on the other side, Sean McVay, who's been making the most out of pretty little with that offense all year. I think that... We have to revisit this conversation around the Cowboys and more specifically their offense. They might just be back. Dallas Cowboys, if I asked you what their record is today, some people might think they're 4-4. Four and four. Some people might just assume that they're middling around. They're 5-2 and two football team right now with a better record than the San Francisco 49ers. They had those two ugly losses. They had a bye week. They regrouped. And now Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and Mike McCarthy look like they could be toting out a top 10, top 7 offense. And if you pair that with that defense that we already know is elite, they've got a cornerback in Bland who's stepping up in the absence of uh, of Trayvon Diggs who went out for the season. The Dallas Cowboys might just be that contender that we thought they were, and then we all just were all the way out on the Cowboys two weeks ago, and here they are again resurfacing as maybe the best or second best team in the NFC behind a team that's good now on all three phases. You don't just limp into 43 points no. against a, a Los no. Angeles Rams team that's been playing well. And what we know, what we know is that if you if you lose to bad teams, if you lose to bad teams, you're still a contender in the NFL. If you only lose to good teams, you're a fraud <laughs> like the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Right? That that's what we know. As that's what we know. Yeah. Completely ignore the Chiefs losing to the Broncos, a team that the Dolphins beat by 50 and put 70 up on. Yeah. Uh the Dolphins are, are frauds, okay? The Dolphins are the Dolphins are frauds. If you take care of business, you're a fraud in the NFL. The Cowboys, they lost to the Cardinals, who suck. Uh, they lost to the Niners, who have dropped three in a row. It's just not it's not okay to just contenders. say they lost. Contenders. Yeah. yeah, they got blown they out got, by they, the Cardinals. They got their right. asses kicked by, yeah. the, by the 49ers um, so, as well. Again, if you, if you beat bad teams and you only lose to good ones on the road, you're a fraud. I just want to make sure that we have all that completely clear, okay? Um... Whose stock is up? Can we have a very annoying Ball Street bell, please, uh, again, Stone, just to set the mood, the ambiance here. 
My God, is that grating. So my stock up right now, Robert Sala. Stock is up on Robert Sala. Theo, dare I say, stock is up on Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's stock is up. Whose stock is up to you in your football financials right now? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Your football stock. Who is up right now in your portfolio? But now we have to talk about who uh, who you need to sell on. Mm. Whose stock is, uh, is plummeting. Uh, same game as what I referenced at the onset, I spent an entire offseason saying, man, Brian Dayball, that dude just knows how to get more out of less. What he did with the Giants last year was damn near a miracle. Turning Daniel Jones into is so competent a quarterback that he got a contract mm. extension. Daniel Jones should thank Brian Dable every day of his life when he wakes up. Get on his knees at the side of his bed, clasp his hands and say, dear God, thank you for Brian Dable. Thank you. For for filling my checking account, nice. Okay, um, or savings account, whichever one he uh, gets direct He's deposit like a savings into. Guy. He's probably yeah. a savings guy. He's a Duke guy. Uh, so so Brian Dayball yesterday, and what's been a season of abject trash with the Giants. They don't look like they know what they're doing at all. Daniel Jones is shown to be Daniel Jones. Uh, Tyrod Taylor shown to be Tyrod Taylor uh, getting hurt in major fashion. Yep. Again, like always, that's what is that's his M.O. So yesterday, the Giants have that win in the bag. It's fourth and one at the Jets 17 with a minute uh, 14 left to go. Okay? It is fourth and one. The Jets have no timeouts at the Jets 17 with a minute 14 left to go. Surely, you just, hey, let's run a play. Let's wrap it up right here. And if you don't get it, the Jets take over the 17, and Zach Wilson's their quarterback. So we're straight. Everything's good. What does he do? Clock takes down, clock takes down. Timeout, timeout, timeout. Graham Gano, come on out. Injured Graham Gano, come on out. Come on out and kick a field goal. What does Graham Gano, injured Graham Gano do? Shank. All of a sudden, Jets get the football. Three plays later. Zach Wilson, three plays later. No timeouts. Giants, no timeouts. Like 24 seconds on the clock when they started the drive. Giants going ultimate prevent. And Zach Wilson, the only defense he can go against is prevent. Finding room in the middle of the field. Bam, bam, bam. And no wherewithal to just lay on the receiver and let time tick down. No, Zach Wilson comes up with the most miraculous spike maybe that we've seen in football in decades. And... Overtime is forced. Oh, well, that sucks. That sucks. Uh, you got Tommy DeVito, pride of Syracuse and Illinois, playing quarterback for you. Uh, so then it's, you know, guys, let's regroup. Come on, guys, let's regroup. Um, let's uh, let's go to overtime. Let's win this game. What should we do? We won the toss. Awesome. Awesome. We got Zach Wilson on the other side. Mm. Terrible Jets quarterback. We got Tommy DeVito. We don't really trust him, but we're in this spot. This is good. What should we do here? Uh, uh, let's let Tommy DeVito dry, try and drive the field for the win. Instead of giving the Jets the football, knowing that, hey, overtime with what's been a terrible football game, millions of punts, rain pouring down, you might want to try and think ahead about, hey, field position battle in overtime, field position battle. What does Brian Dayball do? We'll take it. We'll take it. Come on, DeVito. Come on, Tommy. And then, and then what does he, what does, what does Brian Dayball do? Three straight throws. Tommy DeVito. Oh, my goodness. Tommy DeVito just diarrheeing down his pants. They hitch, hitch, uh, screen, punt, easy field goal. Jets win. That was the sequence with Tommy DeVito is your quarterback who you clearly don't trust. Short throw, incomplete. Short throw, incomplete. Screen pass into the back of a of a <laughs> uh, into the back of a Jets defensive lineman. Yeah. But then this was this was Brian Dable after the game. Brian Dable after the game was asked about his quarterback situation, was asked about, if you don't trust Tommy DeVito, and knowing, knowing that Tyrod Taylor is a walking, talking injury and has been throughout his career, I think Tyrod Taylor, good player, but there's no doubt Tyrod Taylor made of porcelain. Yeah, he gets hurt. Correct? Yeah, early and oft. He gets hurt all the time. Brian Dayball, he was, he was flat out asked after the game, well, why... Why, if you have Tommy DeVito as your backup, you don't know, trust him, why didn't you go out and get an available Matt Barkley? Why didn't you go out and 
put yourself in a position where you actually have a guy that maybe you do trust. And his response was flat out, well, this was a game where we felt comfortable. We were going to run the ball. We're just going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. Keep running the ball. We were just going to run the ball. The conditions, we felt comfortable. This was going to be a game where we ran the ball. But what did they do in overtime? They didn't run the ball once. They didn't run the ball once. Brian Dayball, this has been a horrific coaching job on his part. It's like complete 180 from last year. Brian Dayball, that stock, plummeting. Nonsense. Disaster. Awful. The Giants flat out suck. And it's funny because I feel like Brian Dayball um, was able to do more with less and against zero expectations. Like he was flourishing in that environment. And now that the expectations have been poured on, the Giants have looked crappy and terrible. And more specifically, I want to go back to that decision to, to on in overtime to receive the ball. Um, this game was pushing for the record for the most punts mm-hmm. in a single NFL game in the history of the NFL, at least in the modern era since the Super Bowl. Um, also, on top of that, your best unit, if you're the Giants, has been their defense the whole time. Kayvon Thibodeau had, what, three sacks yep. in that game? He's the one that damn near closed it out when yep. he got that last sack on Zach Wilson. We so thought the game was over. Put your damn best side of the ball on the field. And, and, and also, this is 2023. The overtime rules are in favor of a game like this for you to kick it first because you know, if there's one thing you know, Zach Wilson's not about to drive that field and score a touchdown on you. And if he does, then you know what? Yeah. Jets, you earned it. You get the win. Yeah. At the very most, you're afraid that Zach Wilson gets them in the field goal range again somehow. They kick a field goal. You still get a chance with your offense on the field to do exactly what you would have done anyways and lose the game. But I, I just find it super puzzling that with a third-string quarterback um, and with your defense flourishing and your offense being so stagnant all game that you would elect to put that offense back on the field. It was, it was a little uh, a little puzzling to me. Brian, I mean, it's even the little things, like uh, going to, to Hard Rock Stadium and not wearing a hat. <laughs> Again. His decision-making, I, I mean, man. just open himself up to massive sunburn in the South Florida heat. It's all this stuff that doesn't make sense. Brian Dayball stock to me, down. Up, Robert Sala. Stock down on, on Ball Street, uh, Brian Dayball. Uh, whose, whose stock is down for you, Theo? I think you know where I'm going with this one. Um, I was counting on those San Francisco 49ers at home to be able to uh, take care of the Cincinnati Bengals who have been down this year. And, of course, with the Chiefs losing, it would have been nice for the Bengals to fall as well in that second slate. But as I, as I kept looking back at that game, it just seems that, that that man, your favorite guy, Evan Cohen, who you hear on Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN 106.3 from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. every day, who, who just you know sings the praises of Brock Purdy, yet again, not able to get it done. A third straight loss for the 49ers. Brock Purdy, another multiple interception game. And the, the guy who, again, Mr. Irrelevant a year ago, couldn't lose a regular season game, has now dropped three straight, and he looks like he could be the reason. I mean, we all talked about this before the season. The 49ers have the most complete roster in the league. They've got a great play caller and coach, but there's question marks at the quarterback position. And those question marks are starting to show themselves in the form of Brock Purdy, who, um, again, it's not that he is so detrimental that he's losing games for the 49ers. He just doesn't have an ability to win games for them when other people around him aren't doing that in an elite way. So, uh, again, Brock Purdy, I would have sold my stock three or four weeks ago. So as I look in my investment portfolio, I have no Brock Purdy stock, but I'm really, <laughs> I'm really looking over at you guys's. Investment uh-huh. portfolio, and as I give my financial I've, advice, I, I have started. I have started the process through my sports financial advisor of um, yeah. unloading my uh, my Brock Purdy stock. Well, here's the problem: it might be too late. See, now you're selling low, and that's a uh, that's only I would have had some gold. insider trading. <laughs> Brock Purdy stock all the way down, and now we have to start questioning the San Francisco 49ers. I think now it's a legit time. I mean, not only Brock Purdy, Nick Bosa has been a ghost. This year, I mean, I haven't seen him impact the game the way that he has in years past. Isn't he the reigning defensive player of the year? That would that would be him. I am just puzzled at his absence on the defensive side of the field. I'm not so puzzled at Brock Purdy's inability to step up when his team needs him most. And um, a 31-17 loss at home to a struggling Bengals team who now have their groove back. As a Chiefs fan, I'm ticked off about that. And as a guy that's been trying to tell y'all Brock Purdy's not that guy, um, I feel like I'm right, but I'm uh, I'm a little hurt by it. I want him to show up. Uh, I, the the stock is down also on our in studio computer. But Stone, do you think it can give me a little Ball Street uh, markets are open here? Can it give it to me? 
Come on, computer. I believe in you. Go. Hey. Thank God. We've got at least another day left of this thing's life, I think. Open up your football portfolio, your NFL portfolio on Ball Street. I just made that up as the show is starting, by the way. Man, we are we are good. cut out for this uh, this good. line of work, I tell you. Uh, through eight weeks of the NFL. Oh, Ken, there's another game. Shut up. Shut up. We can still do this, okay? Through eight weeks of the NFL, whose stock is most up for you? Whose stock is most down for you? Up for me, Robert Sala. Down for me, Brian Dayball. Ugh. For Theo, stock up, he is giving you a face full of Mike McCarthy. Stock down, Brock Purdy. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media, it's full at KLV1063. But not full enough where you can't still send it. At KLV1063. Again, 888-760-3776. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, their stock is up. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. In your NFL portfolio through eight weeks, to you, whose stock is most up, whose stock is most down? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Also, when we come back, I, I received a video of who many believe is a prominent Florida politician at the Dolphins game yesterday. Mm with some uncomfortably weird dancing. We can't confirm that it's this person, but I, I, I make one promise to you. On this show, before 2 o'clock, we're going to try our best through uh, official sources to get a confirmation. It is who I think it is. We'll tell you about it when we come back. That's Theo Dorsey. He's Stone the Banowitz. I'm Ken Levicka. Levicka, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Theo, since we're talking about stocks being up, stocks being down, NFL through week eight, and just for, for posterity purposes, can we uh, can we um, Ball Street bell this thing? Ah. Football capitalism at its finest. Uh, your Kansas City Chiefs, who were uh, whose stock are we plummeted after uh, somehow losing to the Broncos? How how does that happen, Theo? How uh, did you consume that? I feel badly for you. I'm not going to rub it in, yeah. but that was a, a a pathetically poor performance against a team that the Dolphins put 70 up on. Why are we not rubbing it in? What are you doing? It 70. What what did the Chiefs What did the Chiefs score yesterday? I don't know. Nine. 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 Yeah. I mean, number one. That's a 61 point difference, by the way. I did <laughs> yeah. the math quickly in my head. It's the it's number one. It's the parody of the NFL. Mm. Uh, it, parody it reigns supreme in the NFL. You mm. never know what you're going to get in these mm-hmm. games, especially divisional games, especially sure. ones on the road. Yeah. Uh, second time seeing the Broncos this year. Mm. So for the Chiefs, it was uh, you know Patrick Mahomes was sick coming into the game, mm. mm-hmm. um, missing Nick Bolton, middle linebacker, best run stopper. He oh, was out. Oh, he, was, he was um, truly the difference. Well, no, no, he wasn't the difference. I, I was looking for him the entire game out there. Where is Nick Bolden? He wasn't the difference. Nick Bolton um, out of Mizzou. Uh, but here, seriously, the Broncos were able to move the ball on the ground and a lot of dink and dunk stuff that Nick Bolton cleans up. He's one of the best um, off-ball linebackers uh-huh. in the uh, in the league. So there's a lot of reasons why. Anquan Bolden? It went down like that. <laughs> Anquan Bolden. God, the guy from High School Musical something, Bolton. Troy Bolton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick's yeah. brother. Nick yeah, yeah, yeah. Bolton. Oh, Bolton. Okay. Nick Bolton. Y'all gonna put some respect on my boy Nick. Okay. He hard. He's young. He's fast. Gritty. Like Jerry Judy. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Chiefs allowed Jerry Judy to go off yesterday. I think he took the game over pretty early on. Yeah. That was a big catch he got over uh, over Justin Reed. Uh, here's what I'll say. The Broncos, I'm, ha- I'm happy for them. I'm happy for the fan base. Uh, they needed that. They definitely needed that win more than the Chiefs did, and they showed it. They came out hungrier. That pass rush was was amazing. They were getting to Mahomes. Even when they didn't get home, they were pressuring him. 
Uh, the D-backs were, were playing great. They were a little handsy, a little handsy. I don't want to, you know, just I don't want to blame it on the refs, but they were getting a little handsy throughout the game, a little rough. But they were at home. You get away with some of that stuff. And um, again, you 16 times in a row, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Broncos. If they would have beat them last night, it would have been 17 in a row. It would have been an NFL record, and that would have been had over Sean Payton, a proud man, over Russell Wilson, a proud man, over many of these Denver Broncos like Justin Simmons, who somehow, some way, it, it I don't it could be. Uh, Anywhere they're lined up, somehow Justin Simmons is going to pick off Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't know if Prize Picks had an over-under or more than less than on that, but I hit more than every time Justin Simmons is going against Mahomes. Is, um, is, is the Chiefs losing to the Broncos the worst NFL loss of the season? It's not. What, is the Cowboys losing to the Cardinals the worst NFL loss of the season? <laughs> I think it's got to be that. Yeah. I, my mind this, goes this, to the Jets' bills early on. But keep in mind, only frauds, only frauds like the Dolphins lose to good teams on the road. Okay. Yeah. If you lose to bad teams on the road, contender. Yeah. You're a contender. <laughs> a few things. Cowboys, Chiefs, contender. That's only the Dolphins, okay? <laughs> a few things here, Theo. In all seriousness, though, it's hard to beat a bad team twice. Uh, it's a real thing in the NFL. And, two, this game has a lot to do with turnovers, right? Five turnovers for the it Chiefs. Was cr- we turned it over in every single way you can. Most since 2018 against the Rams. So, I mean, you can't win a football game turning it over five times. You, no matter who you play. It was like they were playing turnover bingo. All right, you had the sack fumble on Mahomes. That's one. Okay, you had two interceptions. I mean, I mean, and one of them was one of those prayer ones. The other one was an actual throw he tried to force into Kelsey. So, one just heave of a throw, one attempt. Uh, you got a, a muffed punt mm-hmm. by Miko Hardman. Who did tweet out after the game? He said I, it was my fault. Yeah, I, Mikola was not your fault. I appreciated him by saying it was his fault and falling on his sword. Uh, but no, it wasn't his fault. It was everybody's. It was every terrible. Yeah, but we can't. We can't. This is sports talk radio. Yeah. I asked you. My initial question that started this whole uh. filibustering was: <laughs> whose stock is who? Individual stock most down after yesterday for the Chiefs. So come on, come on. It's got to be the, the magician himself, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I mean, three turnovers on the road against a divisional foe and an incompetent, inferior uh, opposition like the Denver Broncos. You expect better from him because he set the bar so high. Yes, his stock is going to be down after yesterday because you come to expect Patrick Mahomes to make a way when there is not way um, in these games. And it, it, it didn't happen. So, yeah, Mahomes' stock is down. But you know what? Buy low. Buy low. <laughs> Buy low, baby. Uh, three, <laughs> uh, that is good sound advice from, uh, from Theo Dorsey. Uh, Ball Street is open. Talking NFL financials. Through week eight, whose stock has risen the most? Whose has dropped the most? I say Robert Sala. His stock has gone up the most to me. Brian Dables is plummeting. Theo says, uh, Mike McCarthy, that stock is rising. That stock is going up through eight weeks. Brock Purdy, pfft. Headed down to the basement. Through NFL Week 8, whose stock has risen the most, who's dropped the most? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Johnny says going up, all Dolphins running backs. So we're talking Raheem Mostert. We're talking A-Chan. Uh, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're talking Ahmed. We're talking Jeff Wilson. Uh, they... I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Mostert's a sky high. Like I think that this dude is is uh, to the moon, as those dorky day traders would say it. Mostert rules. Mostert absolutely is he a sell rules. high though. Is he a sell high? He's definitely no. a sell high. Thank you. But why would you want to sell? You why? Said, why? Because why would you? it's not going to get any better than this. Too many vari- Too many variables. Too many guys in the no. Backfield. Because too he many comes, guys in the room. He becomes infinitely more dangerous once A Chan comes back. No, he doesn't. We, does, saw, we saw a game with him and A-Chan in it where he had like less than 10 scrimmage yards. Which one was that? Um, I Is think that where was, A-Chan played a snap? No, no, no. I'm talking about the game where A-Chan went Against off. The Patriots? I can't remember, honestly. It's been so okay. many of them. But it was uh, you remember Stone probably as a guy that does a little fantasy here and there. It was the game that A-Chan went off. It was the second game that A-Chan went off. Though. Yeah. It was after the 70-point game. Um, Mostert kind of did a little, you know, much of nothing. And then you got Jeff Wilson back as well. And Mostert, if he's known for one thing... It is getting hurt. Okay, but has that happened through week eight? Because Tua, he's known for getting hurt. Has that happened? Yeah, where's the same energy with Brock Purdy banging his head the week after a concussion? Nobody right. wants to bring this up. Are we holding up. vigil for Brock Purdy, <laughs> but who who was holding his head yesterday? Where are the spotters at? Yeah, where are the spotters? Where are the because spotters? We were having candlelight vigils for Tua last <laughs> well, year, and now Brock Purdy, and it's uh, it hasn't been his fencing position yeah. with Brock Purdy, so we can put it out of mind. It's really, it's really ridiculous. A hunk of crap is what it is. You tried to set an example with Tua last year, 
but now you got Brock Purdy, everybody's little baby. Yeah. Just just come on. Yeah. Get oh, the here. Dolphins, the Dolphins are failing too, are failing. Him. Yeah. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy's got his brains leaking out of his ear, and it's just like, ah, oh, Brock Purdy, he's, he's plummeting. His stock is down. He's well, terrible. What do you mean, come on? I mean, it I'm was saying. clear as day. Yes, Brock Purdy also has been playing concussed, but I mean, when Tua Tagovailoa's on primetime throwing up gang size on his back, I and think he, he it's going to be a little tough. And, and he didn't play a couple of weeks after that. The Dolphins actually did the right thing. His back hurt first, and then <laughs> back he got the concussion hurt. in Cincinnati. <laughs> His back hurt against Buffalo, and he came back, and then he got concussed against uh, I remember Cincinnati. That. Yeah, uh, Debo Samuel, by the way, Johnny says the uh, the stock is down. The He's been hurt. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk is making him look like, hey, this is what we do. We can put anybody in the spot, and you'll thrive. No, uh, Debo's been out, hurt. He's not been playing. What are we talking about stock down? Uh, Aaron says Matt LaFleur's stock continuing to tank because he can't get his team to play a whole game and he's not helping out Jordan Love. Now, I would argue Jordan Love is, well, part of the problem. I just think that that whole, it was a bad mixture. Like, they have a bunch of dudes, all of, like, who's who's a vet? Who's Name one vet on that offense. Uh, Aaron Jones. There you go. Good job. Who's, who just came back from injury? It's and, the only vet they have. That's literally the only vet they have, though. It, it's a bad situation to put a, a guy in his first year starting and a coach who only had a Hall of Fame quarterback before Jordan Love. Who's a vet on the Houston Texans offense? Larry Tunsil. Okay. Okay, there's nobody Dalton there. Schultz? There's nobody Dalton there. Schultz. Now, I bring that up, and now, they lost to the Carolina see, Panthers you yesterday. You can't say that, though, a day after they uh, they allowed <laughs> Bryce Young to beat them. But they're still not a, a, at all in the same boat as the Green Bay Packers are. Like, you have a lot more faith in the Texans yes. and their future more so than you do the Packers. Also, and there's not a vet on, on the Texans roster at all. C.J. Stroud looks like a vet. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. I, I think that's the difference, too, where it's like C.J. Stroud maybe doesn't need as much help as Jordan Love does even though Jordan Love's been in the NFL for, like, what, four years the now? The vet on the Texans is Robert Woods. That's legitimate. Who that's true. That's who, that's who their veteran would be. He gets real targets. Uh, Mike says dropping uh, the most stock-wise is Bill Belichick. I mean, I mean they're, the, the Patriots are – they're bad. They are yeah. a bad football team, and that is a direct reflection of Bill Belichick because he constructed that thing. Mac Jones is – could he take any longer to make a decision <laughs> in the pocket? Could he take – any longer to make a decision. Well, it's deci- insane. If the decision is going to be bad anyway, you might as well get it out the way. Can we listen real quick to Tom Coran? He is a uh, Boston sports journalist. Uh, this was him on NBC Sports Boston yesterday talking Mac versus Tua. Tua Tagovailoa now 6-0 and against Bill Belichick. Stop it real Patriots. quick. And Stop I- it real quick. I just want everybody to make sure Crazy. Tua Tagovailoa is 6-0 and against the great Bill Belichick. 6-0 and oh against the great Bill Belichick. I want everybody to write, if you're in your car, I want you to, to focus in on my voice right now. Hello, people of Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. Tua Tungavailoa is six wins to zero defeats against Bill Belichick. Thank you. All right, now we can continue. Tua Tagovailoa now 6-0 and against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And I feel like people probably looking from the outside, looking in, they go, okay, Tua Tagovailoa, he's a great quarterback. Yes. If you're 6-0 and against Bill Belichick yes, ma'am. and the Patriots. But, Curran, how is Tua, if Mac Jones and Tua are similar quarterbacks, mm-hmm. how is Tua having so much success against the Patriots? Not only better. the last two seasons or a few seasons, he's 6-0 uh-huh. and against his Patriots team. He's got better players around him. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the last two years. And he didn't actually. It's, it's a good point, too. He didn't play in the second game last year. So, generally speaking, he has better players. He doesn't get himself into situations where, as we heard at the end of the game, Mac was trying to make a play. That pickup uh, waved off. But, you know, Tua has an offensive head coach, you know, and I think mm. that there's been resources expended on the offensive side of the ball. He's an accurate thrower. He's a good leader. He's able to play within himself and put in great positions to succeed. And he does that. It's not discounting Tua, I think, when you say that he is very much a byproduct of the guys around him. You still have to go out and perform. But to me, I think Tua's success is rooted in the fact that Miami has better football players than New England. That's why the check marks keep going next to Tua's name. too. Mm, He's also significantly better than Mac Jones. He, he's he's also significantly better than Mac Jones in almost every single respect. I don't even understand how that conversation keeps getting floated out there, and it only happens in that in that little hemisphere in, in the Boston market. sports. Me, like, I mean, these people these people up in Boston are pathetic. It's 
Whoa. We, can we? I mean, play the coping. The, can we play the nerdy podcast guy? The Patriots talk to. I mean, he goes after two, and it's even worse than anything you could possibly ever imagine. Uh, this was the the Dolph uh, the uh, the Patriots talk podcast featuring Tom Coran and a buddy. I don't know his name. Uh, this was Bill uh, Perry. Bill Perry. This is a FanDuel presentation. Listen, listen to this after <laughs> the game on the field at Hard Rock Stadium. Listen to this nonsense. Yo, why the Patriots lose the game? I thought they just made too many mistakes, Tom. They are clearly less talented than, Miami, than the Miami Dolphins, especially offensively. I mean, when you watch them play offense, it's not even just the speed. It's the creativity as well, and it's the quarterback. It, this game, if, if you just were to drop down onto planet Earth today and, and watch this game and say, um, how would the Dolphins' offense become better? I would say you'd get a better quarterback. <laughs> I just thought they okay, were Okay, it's funny you say that because I was thinking you were saying the quarterback was oh. sublime. And I, I no, no, I think he holds him back to some degree. They probably could have had more points. They, they might have scored 40 if they had um, somebody with maybe a little bit more arm. And a little bit more off-schedule sort of playmaking ability. Oh, my God. Um, like This is why we need to stop having people who don't know the game of football do things like this. And that's FanDuel. He's getting paid a lot of money to say that stuff, I think. I, uh, if, <laughs> if he was a little better off-schedule. That's the whole point of the Dolphins' offense. It's, on, it's schedule. on schedule. Yeah. They're dictating everything. <laughs> that's the point. That's the point. Tua, it takes him 2.5 seconds to get the ball off by design. Was that a bad throw on third and nine with the Dolphins up seven at midfield when he hit Tyreek Hill on a dime right at the sticks? Was that a lack of arm strength? Oh, how about when he threw it over the top of J.C. Garbage Jackson? Again, like he's done all year, two separate teams, and hit Tyreek Hill for a a big 50-yard touchdown. Did that lack arm strength? Like, what are we doing here? It's it's funny. Um, <laughs> it's funny that t- another part of this whole tool discussion um, that keeps getting lost is like, at, at what point do we take the production at face value and just agree that okay, two is at least a good quarterback? Because if he was a bad quarterback and he's holding the team back, there's no way they put up 31 against Bill Belichick again here, mm-hmm. 70 against the Broncos. Uh, time after time, they're leading these fast-paced drives. I mean, the Panthers went up 14-0 in a blink of an eye. The Dolphins are blowing them out. Like, at a certain point, a bad quarterback is in a, incapable of doing this, no matter how great the weapons are around them. And also, too, the, the, the NFL is, a, is a, a league full of offensive systems. Every coach either A, has a system, or B, has an offensive coordinator who has a system, and Tua runs his coach's system better than any other quarterback that plays in his system in the entire NFL. That was uh, phenomenal. You kind of just jumped right where I was going to go here. So we we have this conversation oftentimes about system quarterbacks and whatnot. Every single quarterback in the NFL is a system quarterback. Everyone! You want want an uh, off-schedule, a guy who has that ability? That's not what the Miami Dolphins are trying to do. If you were to bring in a guy like Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, some of the guys who can get outside the hash and make things happen, well, you're going to live and die by the sword. And uh, the Kansas City Chiefs died by the sword last night. Five turnovers because Patrick Mahomes has to go around off script, try to make things happen. That's not what Mike McDaniel wants Tua to do. His system fits as quick game. Uh, Everything thrown in rhythm. A lot of smoke and mirrors motion. Like, it's just execution. Just make the throws. That's what Tua's doing. Every single quarterback in the NFL is a system quarterback. And... Patrick Mahomes is, I would say, the best off-schedule quarterback in the NFL. No doubt. Followed closely by Josh Allen. That's not Tua's game. His system is get it out. Tua has better anticipation than any other quarterback in the league. He also has maybe more. I promise you, Patrick Mahomes does not trust his receivers, and rightfully so. Tua has nothing but trust in his receivers. And so it's two different systems. Tua right now is running his system better than anybody else in the league. And what's important, too, is that Tua has had 10, count them, 10 offensive linemen in front of him this year. That's the most in the NFL because of injuries. 10. And he has been hit less than any other quarterback in the NFL. How is that possible? Because the dude gets the ball out. And it's what he's designed to do is get the ball out of his hands. That's winning stuff right there. And one last point I do want to make about the whole Tua Mac Jones thing. Um, Not only are we watching them play in the same division. I can't believe there's a Tua Mac Jones. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, I mean, Mac Jones is a pro bowler. Well, I forgot about that. He is a pro bowler. But let's let's not forget these dudes were also in the same quarterback room. Mm Mm-hmm. In college, with similar weapons in college, and which one had a more successful college campaign, and 
which one then was considered a higher draft pick coming out of that same system with the same coaching staff and similar weapons? That would be Tua. So it's like I just don't understand how you can even be a credible talking head, a credible journalist, an analyst, or whatever, and have that debate in good faith. I mean, I can make a hot pocket in the time it takes for Mac Jones to make a decision in the pocket. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I can I- make a whole ass hot pocket that'll burn the roof of my mouth because they all do. Thank you. <laughs> I like how it was like pocket and then hot pocket. Yeah, yeah. Was that, that wasn't on purpose. I know not, it wasn't. It was not on purpose. Yeah. And then it just came out like that. Again, we're all cut out for this job. We're, we're all, it is, it is elite level, us three in the same room doing this yeah. radio show every day. Um, we have some, not controversy, but I think that we're going to need um, a, a confirmation from the Boca Raton government. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm talking about when we come back. We're going we're gonna to try for the people of this area, get confirmation on what should be the biggest news story in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast today. Was Boca Raton's mayor dancing uncomfortably at the Dolphins game yesterday? We're going to start an investigative expose when we come back. He's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka, Levicka, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. I'm actually uh, really annoyed. I, uh, I I dropped my car off for service today at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Shout out Greenway Kia. Uh, right off of uh, Military Trail, uh, half mile south of uh, Southern in West Palm Beach. And I, uh, I just took a ride share over here. And I'm not going to mention it because... Uh, you know, you need to pay me if I'm going to talk about you. There's only two options. I know. There's only two options. So you got a 50-50 chance if you want to play at home. Maybe you took a cab. Maybe. Oh, oh yeah. So there's multiple options. You're right. That's not a ride share. That's a cab. They're not called ride shares, are they? I, I think they are. Oh. Are ride shares? Are cabs ride shares? No. 888-760-3776. <laughs> um, so I had, just to be nice, I had the uh, the driver of said rideshare drop me off a couple blocks away from our offices in downtown West Palm Beach because once you get too far down and you get close to the bridge to go to Palm Beach, then it's sort of a pain in the ass. And he, I, I, he could, I, I had him drop me off at a spot where he could uh, make a right and he could continue on and get back to the, the main byways here in, uh, in West Palm, nice. the main thoroughfares. And um, walked just a couple of blocks. And I take great pride in my um, deodorant and antiperspirant use. I get into the office. I'm like, man, I feel a little wet. I look, look at, look at this. Look at my armpits. Mm. Look at my armpits. Yeah. I hate that. And that doesn't happen to me. Um, I don't know what happened. I I put on I put on my my trusty deodorant and still the, which you won't name, right because they don't pay you either the deodorant yeah. company. Yeah, 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 they gotta pay me. Um, I'll be sure of that. And so, yeah, it's not sure. Um, it's Dove? It's pH balanced for uh, a woman, but nice. a man can use <laughs> Those it. are always good. Right. I love um, women deodorant. Women's deodorant rocks. It actually is significantly better than it's men's the best stuff. I use deodorant. It's all I use. Dove yeah. is so smooth. Yeah. Rolls on so smooth. No doubt. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, it's really annoying, though, that this is a thing. I've got pit stains here at the office, and that's rare for me. So, I'm not happy. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's get to the uh, the coolest moment of the week presented by EDS Air Conditioning. Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool, cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning. This is courtesy yesterday of CBS Tyreek Hill doing Tyreek Hill things. Tua doing Tua things. Spiroditas, take it away. Some more misdirection. Tua slinging it to the end zone. It's caught. Tyreek Hill. Brilliant pass from Tua. And Miami strikes back. And that was a bounce back from a bad interception. And that was the response. Tua is a freak. That was the coolest moment of the week. Brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. They've been doing it since 2006. You want to avoid pit stains in your home like I'm currently trying to grind through right now. I'm very ashamed of it. Make sure that AC is working. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. Family owned and operated. Servicing Palm Beach County and surrounding areas. You know what? It's not in the morning any longer like it was a couple of times last week and the week before. Crisp. It's back to hot. 
and heavy and not good. The AC, it's up. You need to make sure the AC is working, it's functioning, and that's where EDS comes in. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. EDSairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. Uh, there is a video circulating on social media of a, uh, and you can see it, by the way, at KLV1063 on social media. Uh, it's a video of a, a man and his son at the Dolphins game yesterday. Uh, Theo was not aware of this video. I showed it to him. Uh, Theo, how would you describe the dancing of the grown man uh, in the, uh, the video at Hard Rock Stadium yesterday that a random fan took of this dancing fan because it was uh, so uh, eye-catching? Yeah. Um, I know we discussed earlier in the year EPA, expected points at it. Yeah. Um, that would be a negative EPA dance. Uh, he's he's uh, going against the grain. It looked like he was dancing. It looked like it was purposefully bad. Like he was working against the grain, trying to make sure that people could notice that he was just being outright goofy. He looked out of his mind. It looks like he's convulsing. Uh, and then there's some leg shaking. And some hip moving, yeah, and some arm flailing. I, the guy's having a good time. He's having a great time. He's having time. a good time. All I'm saying is that this dancing, it it stood out from the normal like NFL fan dancing because it looked like a a there was a spirit that had taken control yes. of him, and he he couldn't control his limbs, and the the music was moving him. Uh, Stone, how would you describe the 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 dancing of this grown man that was caught on a viral video and is making the South Florida sports social media rounds? I'll call it humiliating, and I think I speak for his son, uh, his younger son, who looks <laughs> maybe 10, 12 years old, who is just looking at his father, begging him, please stop. Please stop. They might be filming us, but like you said, when music takes you over, there's not much control no. you have after that. So what I want to do... <sighs> I saw this for the first time early this morning. I had to rub some of that. Sometimes you get a little crud in your eye. You wake up. And again, like most Mondays, I had a little uh, just tequila sleep to get out of my eyes, right? So I did that, and I looked, and I'm like, man, that guy's really dancing crazy. <laughs> but then I'm like, wait a minute. Is that Boca Raton Mayor Scott Singer? It sure does look like him. I've met Scott Singer a couple times in my life, and it looks just like him. The hair. The, the hair is, to me, a dead giveaway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but nobody's been able to confirm that it's actually Boca Raton Mayor Scott Singer. So when we come back here on LaVica, Theo, and Stone, we're going to do a little journalism, and we will be calling the mayor's office of Boca Raton to try and get a confirmation. Was that Boca Raton Mayor Scott Singer dancing like a crazy person yesterday at Hard Rock Stadium during the Dolphins-Patriots game? True sports journalism, for those of you who have been begging for it, we're about to give it to you. We're a show for the people. Mm. That's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka. Levicka, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3.